practically doing as a church and just give you a bit of insight into where we're heading and vision and stuff like that. So we thought we'd do that this morning. I'm just going to pray if that's all right as the kids go out. And um, yeah, Jesus, I thank you for your spirit here this morning that says that you take us exactly as you find us. I love that. It just gives us all a little bit of hope because we're all, you know, maybe putting on a bit of a front and a face and pretending we've got it sorted. And actually, we're broken inside and we're struggling. And we're not the best versions of ourselves we could be. We know you want more for us. And it's great to just be in a place where we're valued and accepted, knowing that you take us exactly where we're at. You want more for us, God. So I just pray that you'd speak through me and add this morning, give people hope and uh, get people excited about what we're doing and trying to do here at Hope. Yeah, would you have your way? I just really pray your spirit would just speak to people, help them to make decisions and choices. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, um, yeah, we're going to tackle this together, aren't we? So, um, this is Adam, everybody. Isn't he a beautiful man? No, no, you're not. <laughs> not, not even my wife. <laughs> beautiful Who man. kind of yeah. went... Mm. <laughs> uh, so, um, I, uh, I'm the type of person that when something is frustrating, I, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite angry. I, I call it righteous anger. It's not really. I'm just angry. And I, and I say things, blurt things out a lot, and sometimes I wish I hadn't. And, um, and I want to be a better version of that. But um, to, to tell you a little bit, one of those moments, we went away with uh, 12 of us at New Year's, and uh, I was really frustrated around Christmas, um, not because of anything else other than, and no one's fault here, but I just felt like if we weren't careful as a church, we're just going to be a place that um, assisted consumer Christianity. And do you know what I mean by that? Where people just come in and they get their fix and they get their stuff and they, you know, we've got a generation, I don't know if it's a generational thing, I don't think it is, I think it's just um, just a a life thing where people are... um, can just be very sort of uh, selfish around their time and, and where they sacrifice and what they give to. And, and I get that, and all of that's good. And some of it's about sort of protecting myself so that I know exactly what's going on and I control it. And So what you end up doing is putting on stuff as church and then kind of like looking around and going, oh, that person said they were going to be there and they're not. And that person literally to my face said, oh, I can't wait to see you tonight, and then didn't bother turning up. And I know there's probably tons of reasons, but I guess I just wanted to be honest with you. As a, as one of the leaders here at Hope, sometimes that's frustrating because not that I don't get the choice to not be there, but kind of I, I really want to put on things that help you uh, and your faith to grow. And not just that, so that you are a better version of yourself, so, but so that you go out into the world and talk about Jesus and you go out into the world and share that value that he accepts you just as you are. And uh, we don't just do these things just to tick a box. So over Christmas, if I'm honest, we did a couple of things and I just kind of... I, just, I found myself getting really angry, not at anyone or, or you collectively, but just frustrated. And frustration could be a really good thing, can't it? Because it means that you're, you have vision and you're not there yet. So you're here and you want to be there and you're, you're just frustrated. So sometimes when frustration is a good thing and, and sometimes when frustration for me at that time was like, no, I've got to examine this a little bit and go into this. Why am I feeling this way? And um, so I was sat in this hot tub with a... a good bunch of uh, guys that we went away with and uh, I was just venting a little bit and probably a little bit being a bit aggressive over how I felt and you know the, the guys around me know what I'm like you know I tend to just da, 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 and then I just calm down a little bit and 
and then I actually have some perspective. But my wife, um, uh, we were chatting last night, and I, I was chatting about something that's frustrating me, and da 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 And it's like she knew she had to listen to me waffling on for a little bit before I sort of calmed down and actually got some perspective. And that's the way I work things out. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but there I was in this hot tub just talking about the frustration over, are we just as a church just, you know, providing options for people to go, oh, I'd like to do that at Christmas, great, hope of doing that, hope of doing that, hope of doing that. Okay, I can carry on with my life with no real sacrifice other than I have to go to these things in order to tick a box and say, I've done something of worth, I've sung some carols, uh, I've, you know, thought about Jesus, and I've, you know, seen my friends, whatever it might be. I'm not saying that is your opinion, but just that's how I was feeling in this hot tub, like, what's the point? Why are we doing this? Because for me... I love meetings, I do love them, I love them because I love to worship, and I love to be in the presence of God, but in reality, there's a pull on me to just be, you know, if I had it my way completely, I think I'd just cancel everything and just go, right, we're going to be out there, you know, doing stuff for people and trying to love people, and uh, I'm not suggesting that's what we do, but it's frustrating for me, because I'm thinking, oh, we put on these things, and then people just go, ah, it might be there, it might not, and you think, well, what's the point? Because I want to help people. And I want people to grow in their faith, and I want to introduce people to Jesus, and I want to uh, see their faith grow, and I want them to know the hope that you've got when you find Jesus. So there I am sat in this hot tub, and everybody's kind of like, oh, let's let Paul have his rant, and then he'll calm down. And I came, kind of came through New Year and into January, and I'm still feeling like this, oh, what, what, what is this? What are you saying through this, God? What are you saying to me? And um, at the time, we had a lot of, um, and we still do, have a lot of guys coming that are in recovery, and they're coming here to hope, and they're finding value, and they're finding Jesus, and they're not being judged by us as a church, and that's like, kudos to you, that's great that you are doing that as well, and that's our culture here, and that's wonderful. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, is there something that we should be doing better as a church for people in recovery? Is that, is that the thing that we can do? And I'm still, we're still undecided, but what we're actually doing definitely going to do is to give you as many opportunities as possible to uh, have your faith being outworked and having opportunities to to reach out and and look towards um, the people that are broken and hurting. And uh, um, Adam said a line, uh, which was me and what I want are not the focus of why I'm here. And it's, it's, I'll just repeat that, me and what I want are not the focus of why I'm here. And for a lot of people coming in that are broken and hurting, absolutely for a period, it's like, okay, maybe Jesus is the answer to my depression and my anxiety. Maybe Jesus is the answer to confusion in my life. And maybe Jesus is the answer to um, giving me more hope because I feel so depressed and so stuck in a rut and so broken and hurting. And uh, we love that. We love that people can come here. But for the majority of us who know that he's our savior, who know that he brings hope, who know that he brings value, who have felt that and sensed that and know it as a truth, almost foundational thing in our lives, for a lot of us, it's kind of, we can just get quite comfortable in ticking the box of church and not really being challenged to get out there and whatever that means, get out there and be salt and light in, in the world, to be a flavor of Jesus in our world. So we're kind of making um, the things that we do, and we're going to talk in a second about what we're doing over Easter, um, just as a little symbol of where we're heading as a church. Of We can't just be people that just sit in these times and have a great time together and have like hope and hospitality, but then never invite anybody to it. And just trying to be a church that is real with, about where we are at as leaders and where you're at as people that come along and, 
And I think that will hopefully create a culture that you know that you can trust us to be challenging you to not just be people that come along and tick a box, but be people that are thinking, how can I give? How can I support? How can I serve? That thing's going on at church. I'm going to get stuck in and get involved. That's the way that I can give myself. Jad said it um, the other day. I say it in a slightly different way. Is that when we give our lives up for Jesus, we gain it. And he was talking specifically about money and how actually, you know, God doesn't require our, our money, but it's the heart of us giving, it, what, it, what it does in us when we give, when we serve. And, you know, I talked about last week and the, um, the big cleanup. It was great looking around people that are, you know, joyful over filling a skip and getting it right, right? Because we filled up the skip and it was rubbish and then Nigel got in and, and, uh, and, and the guys were in there like, look how well we filled our skip. It's like <laughs> so irrelevant but so awesome that like you're finding a joy in something so simple and because it's not about you. And you walked away like, you know, I mean, especially Nige, you were proper buzzing about that way. You, you, yeah, but you went to a family thing that I know you were at and you were talking about how you filled this skip and got it right. And it's like, that's great, that's great. But um, it's funny, isn't it? Like the joy that's in you from doing something that isn't about you. And it's so cool, isn't it, that in church that we should be as a church promoting that and saying, you know, Jesus didn't call us to sit in rows and be people that are just, oh, I've worshipped today and I've got some prayer about that stuff. You know, Jesus called us as a church to be an example to the rest of the world to say, this is where you can find hope. But not only that, we're going to encourage you here to give your life up to gain it, to fill up skips and walk away with a, a, a different joy than you've ever experienced before, to encourage you to put aside money and give it to the church so that we can do amazing things for the broken and poor people in our community. Can I I'll just add in something Paul said I had to butt in and that was hard work waiting for a gap. But um <laughs> and I'm the talker apparently. So uh I was just wanted to add one of the things that we've seen over the last kind of year or year and a half and loads of you here will be testament to this is the number one way for you to be bored and dry in your faith is to make it about you and the things that you need. It's literally it will kill faith. So it's not just a, a kind of an element of what we should be doing. Man, you need to be doing this. When we make it about walking through those doors, I need to tick these boxes for me in order to walk away feeling like I've done Christianity in some way. It's, it's just like if you are dry, if, you are, if you're going through a kind of like, oh, it's just, you know, church just isn't working for me or faith is just kind of like dead a little bit. Like it's, it's the, the number one thing I would look to in that moment is like, uh, what are you making life about? Because when we make life about what I want and what I need and the outcomes I'm you know, trying to get from whatever it might be, whether it's a small group or church or whatever it is, it's just it's the quickest way to a dead faith. If you're bored this morning of church and Christianity and you're bored of Jesus or whatever version it is that you've grasped hold of, the first thing I would do is look at how much you're giving your life away. It's the first thing. I had an example of this with... A couple of guys, I won't name them, but a couple of guys who literally came to me saying, just, I cannot feel God at all, cannot feel Jesus, don't know why I'm going to church, read my Bible and it's just dead, to, you know, it just doesn't do anything, it's boring, it's completely boring. And I just said, just challenged them exactly what Paul said, just do something, anything, which isn't about you getting something for yourself. Uh, and they went away and they did that and they actually became a part of our youth team and now a, you know, a big chunk of, our, of their week is given away to serving young people uh, and, and you know, providing environments for them to 
come together and have community and build a faith and all the rest of it. And it's a transformation in terms of their outlook, a transformation in terms of what they feel their life is about. And so I just encourage you. Yeah, it's a great thing that we should be doing as a church, but also it's a, it's a crucial thing for you to be doing in what it is that you're working out in your faith in Jesus. So a very practical outworking of that is our sort of approach to Easter. And um, it'd be very easy for us to just go, oh, we're going to do a thing on Good Friday, we're going to do, do a thing on Easter Sunday. And, um, you know, we've all ticked a box and we've thought about Jesus. Isn't that great? Um, so we're going to do a little bit of that, but we're also going to do other, other stuff as well. So um, our Easter program, if you like, which, um, you know, we're going to make available a little bit uh, week on week. Um, Good Friday, we are going to come together and we're going to worship Jesus and we're going to explore what it, that tension of like he was there on a cross for us. And at that time of Good Friday, did we have hope? Did we know that he was going to rise again? Did we know that at the time? So we're going to have a little bit of time of worship and maybe a bit of teaching around uh, that tension of all those people having spent so much time with this miracle maker uh, who promised to, you know, come and save them, having been dead and being tortured and on the cross and bled, you know, so that we could have this on Good Friday, this moment of like, okay, if he comes back, this is a game changer. If he doesn't, then, okay, what do we do now? And just exploring that, what that meant to the early Christians and then um, to us as well. And then Easter Sunday, we're going to have a, our celebration, uh, which is basically Jesus is alive. Isn't it awesome? If it wasn't for that fact, you, think, you can forget all the theology of, you know, what, was, what, what, what did this mean in the Bible? What does this mean in the Bible? Should we be this to these types of people? Should we ostracize these people? Should we correct these people? Should we be judges of these people? You can scrap all that for these three days, can't you? Because he died and he rose again. Now, anyone that can do that is worth following. Anyone that could literally predict their own death and then appear to hundreds of people after they've seen him on the cross being tortured and dead, that's, that's somebody I want to follow because I'd like to do that when I'm dead. Chances are I'm not going to be able to, but the, the, power, the power that is in that guy who said, you know, you can do you and you will do greater things than me, that's worth following just those three days. So we're going to celebrate that fact on Easter Sunday. And then after Easter Sunday, we've got hospitality um, uh, straight after, and we're going to be eating together, which I might add we are also doing next week. I forgot it, and Mike just reminded me before he went out. So next week, we've got hospitality as well. I think it's sausage and mash, everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can't go wrong. Sausage and mash and nice onion gravy. Um, so Easter Sunday, we're also having hospitality. And then uh, Nigel Banks came to me and said, oh, the car park that we use every Sunday, it's an absolute state. Um, why don't we just go and clean it up? So we've managed to like figure out who owns it, and we've asked them. We've got permission, so we're going to go over there on Easter Sunday, all um, decked out in uh, gloves. Trust me, you're going to need them. It's horrible over there. But all the way around the cars, we use that car park all the time. We're going to clear it up and clean it up. It's a little bit of social action, a little bit of like symbolically saying we're not just talking about giving you opportunity to get out there and do something of worth, but actually, yeah, you've got to pull on a set of gloves. Eat with us. Come worship us. Absolutely. But also come along and help us clear up the car park and possibly go down and uh, clear up this little garden area just around the corner um, opposite uh, where Ebden Road starts as well. And just clear that up. It's full of rubbish. It's going to take us a couple of hours. Um, but again, a different opportunity to get some joy. You're going to find some joy, Nigel, in filling up your bin liner, mate. You're going to go <laughs> home happy. Um, so we're going to be doing that. Then uh, the following week after that, so there's two weeks of, um, of, of holiday, school holidays. Uh, the second week, we are um, hosting a whole bunch of kids from a thing that we run 
called The Edge, which Alan's going to talk about in a second. And uh, I think there's about 20-odd kids, including our youth, that are going to be involved in um, like a three-day retreat or three-night retreat from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And we're also going to be running a free holiday club for children in our area for between 10 o'clock and 12 o'clock on the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then after that as well, a vision that some people might know about um, but not necessarily is that um, a whole bunch of um, children have free school meals in this area. And they're you know, called pupil premium children. I don't, you know, it basically means they're from tough backgrounds where they don't have a lot of money. And uh, they normally would get free school meals. Now, April and that sort of Easter period must be really tough for them because suddenly within a family budget, you've got to find two weeks' worth of meals for your children and you, it's already tight. It's already tight just day to day, just week to week. So uh, in reality, finding 10 days or, you know, or more where you'd normally have your children getting you know, breakfast club options and lunch club options uh, for free and paid for, um, they're not going to have that. It isn't like the school go, oh, you're not at school. Here's like a 10-hour day. To, that, just, that just doesn't happen. So you've got these families that don't get fed. So we run this Hope Lunch Club, which is basically after holiday club, Kids have had a great time for a couple of hours, and then we invite their parents to come and eat for free afterwards. We try and do a relatively nutritional meal for them. So at least they've had one really good meal for the week um, for those three days in particular. So we've been running lunch club, and I think it's on the like third, fourth, and fifth or something like that of April. Um, so these are all opportunities that you can say, yeah, I'll come along to lunch club and I'll help out. We've had this, this place was packed. It must be 100, 120 people, families and their children come in and we serve them as a team and the youth serve them as a team and it's great, it's great because uh, it's a great option to say we're trying to do a little thing for you, we know it's tough for you and we know there's probably families there that are just like yeah fancy a free meal but definitely there are families there that would be going home to just you know maybe just beans on toast every day for that whole of those two weeks because they can't afford anything else so we try and give them a reasonably nutritious meal uh, for those three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So that's our Easter plans, a very practical way uh, and, and symbolically backing up what I'm trying to say um, about us trying to give you more and more opportunities to serve your community uh, here at Hope. Right. Yeah, cool. Um, so another thing that kind of uh, is going to be a, a very prevalent um, idea around Hope, kind of moving through into the summer and then ongoingly is uh, just a little bit of background for those that don't necessarily know what EDGE is, or EDGE Festival, or EDGE Camp, or GNC. It gets called loads of different names because no one can really decide, except for now we can decide. Uh, so 10 years ago, um, we got an opportunity um, to run the youth side of this uh, camp called GNC, which happens down at Taunton in August, a week-long camp. And, uh, and so we kind of uh, had like a bunch of people, uh, 15, 20 of us, who would go down and basically run uh, kind of the youth program. So worship gathering, socials, activities for young people, all the rest of it. And so uh, families would go down to this camp and the young people would come across to us and that was our role. Uh, I can't believe it's been 10 years, but it has been 10 years. And, and uh, a, a bunch of people who were kind of we met there and connected with, Amy Jacob, Sarah Jane, and I always miss people, Billy and Sasha, Jimmy, uh, loads of people that are now with us. Kind of that's the connection over the last 10 years that kind of has affected us here in Hope. And uh, so as the years have gone by, we've kind of, you know, faithfully gone down there and uh, kind of uh, given ourselves over to this, um, uh, this youth work. Um, but what has been apparent and kind of almost uh, come to a head this year or last year is that the event as a whole, um, because there's an adult part to it and kids work and all the rest of it, the event as a whole 
uh, has struggled over the last 10 years in terms of numbers uh, and I guess in a way um, uh, in direction and, and kind of what it was doing and kind of came from a place, a heyday if you like, of where they were seeing a, a lot of people come and kind of over the last few years we've noticed over in the youth side of things that there are less and less people um, camping on the race course and, and, and the, the, you know, the big tent, if you were, was becoming a much smaller tent. And uh, you can't help but notice that. And there have been times, I'll be honest, there have been times where we've kind of like talked about, you know, maybe this is our last year here because this seems to be kind of dying a little bit and you know, we weren't really sure what we were doing and we were very separate and all the rest of it. And so last year, a guy called, a guy called Carl Beach, who, who we're hoping to get and come and uh, be introduced here so we can actually uh, you know, get, get to know him a little bit more. But he had been alongside similar number of years running, or not running, but speaking at, um, what was uh, GNC. And uh, so he had an opportunity or was given the opportunity to take this um, week-long event on. And uh, the, the people that had been running it kind of like saw it as the, you know, the kind of a full stop point for them at the end of the road. Uh, and, and they kind of were looking to pass it on. And Carl was kind of like, yeah, I'm absolutely looking to, you know, kind of reinvent this thing. And the number's dwindling. We've got to kind of turn that around. For those of you maybe that don't know, there's a kind of um, um, sole survivor that has been in this area of the country for a number of years. Uh, kind of um, given an opportunity for people to go along for a week, go away for a week. Uh, to a, a, you know, a kind of faith-based festival and get that kind of infusion of what it is to go away, get away from your you know, life and kind of maybe uh, take your family or whatever. And Soul Survivor moved up north. And so Carl kind of recognized that there was an opportunity um, to serve this area of the country in a kind of a big way. And he's a big thinker and, and got big ideas. And so he approached, actually what really happened was that, uh, he was sat outside a meeting that he was struggling uh, to understand why it was happening, and uh, he, he kind of, a few things were happening, and he was like, oh man, I, you know, I, just a bit kind of like cringy stuff going on, and he wasn't there, and, and Paul kind of was sat outside as well with the same kind of aggressive, angry man men, mindset, and, uh, and they kind of got talking, and uh, kind of hearts uh, connected together, and so we're now in a position, basically, long story short, where um, we, uh, myself and Paul, and then in a sense that with the backing of uh, the rest of the leaders here at Hope, have been asked on to the leadership of the whole event uh, with uh, Carl Beach and another guy who run um, CVM, which is the, the organization that runs the gathering, and he also runs the message, for those of you that remember uh, the message, uh, which was the Worldwide Message Tribe set up in Manchester, massive organization going on there, and a in really incredible thing, uh, if you kind of Google that and find out they're doing some amazing stuff up there, and so by kind of like complete fluke, which all the best things happen to me and Paul this way, uh, they're just like, we're suddenly now in an opportunity to kind of like go, right, what do we, what do we want to make this thing? And, and how can we support it, partner with it, get alongside it, uh, and, you know, you know, kind of serve people in the best way possible? We're massive believers in getting away for a short period of time, away from the chaos of your life, and, and just kind of have that surrounding of, I'm just going to give this period of time to kind of just, you know, kickstart me or refresh me or replenish me or, you know, just whatever it might be. And it's, it, anyone that's ever kind of gone along to a new wine, soul survivor, you know, whatever it might be type thing will know. They're incredibly powerful times. And our young people have benefited from it massively over the last 10 years. And now we're in an opportunity where we are kind of at the beginning of designing how we could have that impact you know, everybody, not just our young people. So our kids 
uh, and our, obviously our young people, our teenagers, and then uh, you know, young adults and adults and all the rest of it, families as a whole. And so it's a really exciting thing. And uh, we have a really clear idea. We've um, um, met with uh, the, you know, the guys and then the, the, the larger team, like the kids workers and the youth team. Our guys are still going to be the youth team uh, down at the edge. But really what we want to do is much more a step into, and those of you who have been around Hope will understand this, that kind of feeling of, oh, the guys are off doing that thing in the summer. What we really want to do is kind of lead this church into a partnership with everything that's going on at what is the Edge Festival down in Taunton. And that is kind of encouraging and, and, and grasping this opportunity and engaging people uh, to come along, to bring their families, to you know, maybe give time in it, maybe you know, give to it, maybe just look for opportunities. Not to see it as you know, that separate thing that kind of a few guys go to, but that it is, it's our event, it's our festival, it's our thing that we can play a part in building and resourcing and giving ourselves to. That, so the impact of this <laughs> tiny church really really can be much further afield. We can play a role in you know, creating an event, and we're thinking big for this, that we're thinking that this could be something that could really impact people in this area of the country and, and further afield, and the opportunity is there. It really is there, but it's going to take some dedication. It's going to take some commitment. It's going to take some decisions to be able to do that, and this is kind of patterning with everything we're doing at Hope. We've got a real passion to make this an incredibly... As, as, as affordable as possible for families to come away uh, to, you know, the Edge, uh, Edge Festival in, in the summer. And so, you know, to those of you that maybe know or have tried to go away to a kind of like, a, you know, a Christian or, you know, faith festival or faith event or faith camp or whatever it might be, is not cheap. If you want to go away with your whole family, that is not cheap. And so we're looking to set up partnerships and find funding and find people that will, you know, support and donate. And I'm not, you know, necessarily just talking about people here. You know, this is kind of like a, a, across everything, every connection that we have to try and be able to say to families, come away with, you know, to us. Get this, the benefit of this that you wouldn't necessarily be able to afford another event. But let's try and make this one something that you can get to and you can come away to. We want to encourage people. And we're going to be talking about this as much as we can. You can turn down the opportunity as many times as you want, but one thing we're learning here is we can't not keep giving the opportunity because we're fearful we're talking about it too much. Our job, quite clearly, if, if it was to stabilize last year, our job as leaders this year is to lead, and we recognize that. And, we, and, and so there, it, there's got to be an onus on us to kind of say, this is the direction, you know, and, and in, encourage and inspire and engage people to follow to come and you know, take a risk on something that is a depleted, dying event and make it something that you know, could impact hundreds and possibly thousands in the summers to come uh, and, 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 and partnering with everything that's going on there. So we kind of wanted to talk about that this morning. We'll talk about it again. It's happening this summer. It's kind of like our, our first year and there's an element where we're kind of like trying things and looking to you know, find resources and all the rest of it. But... We want to give an opportunity, and already, to be honest, there's already about 30 people from Hope that are going to be coming to Edgefest in August, and we want to encourage you to come and chat to us about it, find out what it's about, think about whether maybe you know families that you could bring along to it, and we want to make it, just like we do here, something that is accessible, something that isn't just kind of like, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit churchy, or it's a bit, a bit you know, cheesy, or I wouldn't want to bring people to it, or anything like that. Like, we are looking to build something that is, you know, is the best that we can make it. 
and, and, and we want and we need everybody's help uh, in doing that. And so to be a part of hope, which is kind of like the theme of what we're talking about, like to be a part of hope is going to be in some way to be a part of what is going on in the summer and not to mention the stuff that uh, Amy and Jacob and the Hope Rising team have been running with the Young Leaders Conference in January and then Reencounter in April and uh, obviously the gathering is going to become something very much that we're adopting and there's talk about there being some kind of the gathering uh, for women in the future and all the rest of it so there's loads of stuff to be excited about there's loads of things uh, you know this journey could kind of throw up uh, and we're looking and hoping and inspiring uh, that a bunch of you guys, if not everybody here, will just jump on board and say, that is something that I want to be a part of, that we'll look back in years and go, that was incredible. Like, what a journey we've been on from a, you know, a, you know, a little church, ultimately, a little church to play a, a role in something big uh, like that. So just, um, just on the edge as well, we're, we're re- I briefly spoke about the cost. It, it costs to go to Spring Harvest and New Wine and even Soul Survivor and our aim is to partner with churches and our mantra, if you like, is to make it the, the Christian festival for working class families. So if we can get a whole family, for instance, just you know, chucking this out there, um, to go, like a family of four, to go for 99 quid or something like that, all in, everything, and where people have donated packs with sleeping bags and tents. And, and these are all ideas that you know, require us to like, probably get our hands in our pockets and, and give, but also uh, for a little bit of, you know, who do you know that might be able to help? Who do you know that might be able to fund? Who do you know that you might be able to talk to and inspire? Because uh, we're not saying that we're getting it right and every other festival is getting it wrong, but we've got a real opportunity to make something uh, a little bit different. And there's you know hundreds and hundreds of families, not just in this area, but up north as well, that Carl was talking about, that the option to come down and just spend a week um, in, a, in that Christian bubble, if you like, just you know, learning that there are more people than just you who have faith in our country, um, but doing it at a really affordable price so it doesn't cripple you for ages. Um, so that's our aim and that's our vision, and whether that is even realistic, I don't know, but I, I kind of feel a little bit more excited about doing something like that than just doing something that's run of the mill. Um, the, uh, the, the story of, of Soul Survivors, that there was, it was a church called uh, St. Andrew's Chorley Wood, and they just had a youth work, and they took their youth away, and they called it Soul Survivor, and that went from like three, four hundred, you know, to thousands and thousands, I think it's like twelve to 15,000 young people that go to that, and, uh, and that was just literally birthed out of a small church. Um, that's just rude, Jade, isn't it? What's the matter with you? You've just been to Naturally Supernatural. I'm talking, you leave your phone on. <coughs> What's the matter with you? Has God not touched your life in any way? <coughs> so um, it does br- bring me to this, like, uh, this kind of awkward thing, but we're not, we're not, it's not going to be awkward anymore, I think. Um, we're going to try and make it really, really easy for people who are like, oh, man, I'm on board with that. And we've had actually lots of people talk to us about... Um, uh, about giving and how do I give to hope because we don't talk about it a lot because we don't want to be one of these churches that are constantly like we need your money we need your money because I think it's really off-putting to visitors because that's kind of what they expect of us so for this week if you're visiting please don't think this is what we do normally but um, we just want to give you an opportunity so um, on the hope church now there's a big button that says you know I want to give and then it takes you to this cool little thing uh, that basically allows you to give a donation regularly or da-da-da and gift aid and give us your email address and stuff like that. And that's like for one-off stuff and for regular stuff. So that's going to be our really easy signpost that this is how you can give to the church. And know that we're not just um, going to be chucking your money 
away. We're keen to pay for families to go to the edge. We are obviously, I mean, you know, the last couple of weeks, half-term weeks, but uh, have been sort of, you know, a few chairs uh, have been um, not sat in. Um, but through the whole of January and building up to Christmas, we had, you know, all of our chairs were out, 120-odd chairs, and there weren't a lot of spaces. So our kids work are at the pub. Um, you know, our, our youth... <laughs> that sounds funny, but they are at the pub. Um, the, ki- the, the youth have this tiny little room, and that, as that's growing, they're right in there on a Sunday. And then, obviously, in order to sort of have the atmosphere that we like, this space doesn't get u- can't get used as a whole hall because of the staging and stuff. And it's kind of... Are we... You know, is the building... What was the word you used? You don't like me saying fit for purpose, do you? Just we're outgrowing it. We're outgrowing the, the building. And we want, to, um, we want to grow as a church... Because um, we went to see a wise old man called Rob Scott Cook, um, who's in Bristol, and he runs um, Wood- Woodlands Church and a whole network of churches. And he just c- came. It was really weird. I think I've said this. We went, and Dave was like, oh, perhaps we should have told him that we're coming to talk to him about, like, you know, venues and buildings and what do we do when you're outgrowing your church? And I was like, no, 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 no. If Rob, Rob is a man of prayer, he'll know. And I thought, yeah, that's just, I, you know, I just couldn't be bothered sending him an email. So we walked into his house. And he was like, so what have you come to talk about? I was like, no, 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 Rob. What have we come to talk about? And he was like, well, I assume it's something to do with buildings and venue. I was like, oh, for <laughs> crying out loud, dude. You are way too spiritual. I can't be in your presence. And, uh, yeah, so he kind of, like, had a word for us. And it was about us becoming a resourcing church. And um, that was really powerful because a lot of us have had various conversations that are all sort of knitting together about how we can resource and help those guys that are in recovery, how we can resource and help those people that, are, you know, don't have a lot of hope in their life and a little bit broken and a little bit sort of, oh, I don't know, my life's going nowhere. I might have all the stuff, but I don't know who I am or what I'm doing. And uh, resourcing our, our youth and our young people because families who go to a church where the kids work and the youth work are great tend to stay, tend to hang around, even if what we do up here is rubbish. If our kids are having a great time, we stay. And I've known loads of couples, my mum and dad did it, where the youth work and children's work wasn't great where we were, so they came here 25, 30-odd years ago for our children and uh, for their kids, us. And here we are, you know, leading this thing now. And, um, you know, that takes a big step, and people do. We've got couples coming over from Burnham to us because we're... We're up front and saying that children's work and youth work is really, really important. And all these things that we want to do, new venue, you know, planning consultants to figure out if we can build houses on this space and get a decent amount of money to, you know, buy a, a decent warehouse that can look like some of the things they're doing up at the message, which is, you know, entrepreneurial opportunities to give people who are broken and written off by the world options in workplaces. They've got hairdressers, beauticians, they've got a building company, they run like uh, an events uh, team, they've got a catering team, a cafe, and all of the people that work in these places are like broken people that have been written off by society. So now finding hope and value in holding down a job and being paid. And these are like ex-addicts and these are people from prison. And these are literally people from prison are working in the hairdressers and then they go back to prison in the evening, which is so cool so random that a church or you know a trust has, has gone you know we believe in jesus we've got to put our money where our mouth is and do some stuff and they just started out being a band in doing schools work um and all these things are going to cost money and it's not it's, it, it's, i'll tell you a story um god doesn't need our checkbook but i think for us to be involved in that is is i don't know it just makes me feel alive that maybe something that i've worked hard for i've given away and i've, I've seen it um um 
Judah Smith was talking last week about it isn't that you're giving away that money or losing it. You're sowing it. When you, when you, when you give your money to Jesus, you sow your money and you watch it grow. Um, we, were, we used to be in a band that like, toured around um, England doing like, schools work when we were sort of cool and um, you know, kids respected us. Um, or respected what we said. And uh, we would do... A look on your daughter's face right now, mate. Isn't it? Yeah, we were, cool. we were proper cool, Grace. Dad. <laughs> it's like, people don't dab anymore, Dad. I don't know. I don't know what a dab was in the first place. Anyway, when we were cool, when we were proper cool, before we had kids and they took away our coolness, um, we used to be in a, a, a band that we'd go around the country. We had, this, we had like 800 quid given to us. So we bought this van like, um, and literally bolted down our own seats. And as we'd, we drilled holes and bolted down the seats, but then didn't fill the holes. So basically the exhaust was running underneath and literally just polluting the, the, the space. It was horrendous. Loads, loads of us were ill. I wasn't because I didn't have you know, sin in my life. But there were, there were some of them that were ill. And... Uh, and, Don't laugh at him. <laughs> and uh, someone's got ill from the fumes, and then we realised it was because of these holes, because we bolted these seats from like a Volkswagen into a Ford Transit. I don't know what it was. Anyway, we went to the um, garage to fill up, and uh, I don't know if it was petrol or diesel, so I'll say it was petrol, and I think it was you, wasn't it? it? Was. Adam put, literally filled the tank with the profit from the last school's work that we'd done, filled it, 60, 70 quid, and that was, the, that was it. That was all we had money-wise, to get to the next thing. He's stuck in diesel in a petrol. So he's looking at this black... In my defence, it was greener diesel, and so it had a green label on it. And it was three o'clock in the morning. That's all I'm saying. You still put diesel in a petrol van. It was greener diesel, is the key point there. So Adam, like, polluted the van, and what's supposed to happen is, obviously, you, you, you know, your engine falls out and you're in trouble. So we're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? We haven't got any more money. We can't flush the system. I don't even know what flushing the system would mean. So uh, we're like, oh, we just got to, like, drive... See what happens. So we drove to Manchester, and uh, we got there, and it was like the van was um, fine and worked for another like year and a half, and um, we didn't like do that again. But obviously, it's just a point of like we could have easily gone. Okay, the van is shot. We now need to go back to all the Christians that are supporting us and say, "Can you buy us a new van?" And God was like, "I don't need their money. I don't need their money because I could figure this out. You're going to get to where I want you to get." It's just, if you can be involved in the process, if you can be involved in the journey, and if you can see all the exciting things by, you know, the people that were here were giving us uh, money, and we were coming back and telling great stories of loads of kids across the country giving their lives to Jesus, and it was like, oh, you know, my, my money wasn't just money, it was, I was giving, it was seeds that were growing, and uh, yeah, God doesn't need our money. Um, because he can take a rickety old van to Manchester on the wrong fuel if he wants to. If he wants us to have a warehouse, he will. If he wants us to build a, a festival for working class families where they just pay 100 quid to get there or nothing. We've had emails this week because on the website it's like, if you are struggling to pay, let us know. So straight away I'm emailing back these families and saying, what can you afford? And they're like, £10 a week. Great, okay. So you'll pay 100 quid of your 400 quid balance. So I'm thinking, right. How can I find 300 quid? Because I want them there. How can, we get, how can we raise that money to get them there? And uh, it's a big faith step. We don't, you know, it's not that we don't need, we, we need. God doesn't need your money, but do you want to be involved in that journey? What a great opportunity. And we want to, as a church, give you tons of opportunities to serve and to give in this building. And for people that come in to, to almost immediately fall into that culture of like, 
I want to give, I want to serve, because look how happy these people are. Look how happy Nigel is that he filled a skip. I, w- I want to fill a skip next time. <laughs> I'm going to be there to fill a skip. Um, so, yeah, this makes it really easy if that's something that you wanted to do. All right. I think what we're going to do, um, uh, it'd be very easy to just sort of do the church thing of like, um, just, you know, I'll get up and do my jukebox song at the end to make us all feel like church is over. We're just going to leave it tense and just put on some music. And we've got like 20 minutes or so. Oh, no, we've got like six minutes or so. So that's fine. We've had the kids coming back. So, um, yeah, we're just let's chat. Let's talk. And um, Let's see what God wants to do. Let me pray for you. Um, Jesus, thank you for your love and your acceptance of us. Thank you, God, that you don't.